How do you do it without getting friction burns on your skin? Mm-hmm. I used to think that, wow, they must have to grease themselves up to <laughs> right, around right, the right, pole. Right, right. But then when we went to Desire and we got to see the pole up close and I got to touch it, uh, I figured it out. Welcome to Two Hot Wives, a podcast where two friends in open marriages explore the exciting world of unconventional sex. Hey, hotties. I'm Ams. And I'm Kat. And we're the two hot wives. Tonight, we are talking about pole dancing. I'm so excited about this subject. Me too. This is one I wanted to tackle for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, pole dancing is such a great way for you to get in touch with your body, with your sensuality. It's beautiful too. It's very artistic. Yeah. And athletic. And it's, it's graceful. It's powerful. And I even think that it could be therapeutic. Yes. All right. Well, before we really get into it, Kat, what are we drinking tonight? Tonight, we're drinking the blackberry lemonade. So what's in the blackberry lemonade? Uh, vodka. Yum. Some elderflower liqueur. Mm-hmm. Muddled blackberries. Mm-hmm. And lemonade. Perfect. It's really easy, easy. Simple. Everybody's got shit to do in the spring. So keep your drinks simple. Exactly. And with our cocktails. We need some hot tails. So, Ams, what naughtiness have you been up to? Well, I have had my fair share of naughtiness over break, but uh, I'm actually going to talk tonight about an experience that I had on the Bliss Cruise. Ooh. Yeah, I like to call this the reverse seer playdate. The reverse what? The reverse seer playdate. Okay. <laughs> in, in homage to Alton Brown. Do you know who Alton Brown is? Mm-hmm. I did not fuck him. Uh, just to be clear, <laughs> might have 20 years it. ago. He would analyze it and tell you what the proper tool is that's, to use. That's why I bet he's got a good tool. Everything. <laughs> um, in any event, he has a method for searing steaks that involve cooking it low and slow for a while and then searing it right at the end. Mm-hmm. And this play date reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> of, of searing a steak. Exactly. Yeah, I totally get There's it. There's a lot of sizzle totally in it. I get it, yeah. yeah. I, always, I often think of food when, I, when I'm having, having sex. Yeah. Or right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, in any event, a lot of people have asked us about play on the Bliss Cruise and what was the play situation like and was it enjoyable? And, um, you know, you can go back and listen to our episode about the Swinger Cruise to see what our experience like was like. But we... Uh, only played in our room, which mm-hmm. I really liked. We, we checked out the playroom and it was lovely, beautifully appointed, but it just wasn't where I wanted to play. So, and, and the other playrooms, I just, I'm not a big sort of group play exhibitionist. I'm not either. <laughs> I really like to play in my room with mm-hmm. like one couple that I've gotten to know a little bit. And it is hard to navigate 
that dynamic on the cruise right. is what we discovered. So, you know, the first day or two, we're trying to to just get acclimated and start to meet new people and kind of approaching it like we do at Desire, where you see the same people over and over again, you can get to know them. But that was really tough on the cruise. Right. Because there were so many people. Yeah. So you'd meet someone, you'd have a little conversation, be like, ooh, they're cute. I'd like to see, you know, maybe this could go somewhere further, but you, you just you weren't never there yet. Again. And then you'd never <laughs> see them again. So it was day three or maybe day four. And you know, Mr. Ams is being so patient because if it were up to him, he'd jump right into a puppy pile as yes, soon as the playroom was open. And uh, <laughs> he wasn't pressuring me at all. He was being so, so good and just letting me go at my own pace. But by day three or day four, I'm like, fuck it. We just need to find someone <laughs> to play with um, because I wanted to have that experience. Right. So we um had been flirting with this younger couple for a while. I call them the baby millennials because they're, they're on the younger side of, of millennials. the millennials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're in their mid twenties, which is generally below my threshold for playing with people. It's mm-hmm. just a little too close to like the age of my children, nieces and nephews. <laughs> oh, okay. and, no, my kids are, are um, younger than that, but um, you know, it's hard to even have something in common with somebody who is at that stage in their life. But, you know, these two, they were adorable. They were. And and they were definitely of their generation. Like, we would go and dance on the dance floor, and all of their moves were, like, from the waist up. And I could just tell they were dancing to stay in frame of a camera for, like, TikTok. I'm like, you guys are adorable. But when it came to play, they were very much old souls. They they were really mature about how they were approaching play. They're really good at using the motherfucking words. And at one point, you know, we were on the dance floor and they're like, so when are we going to fuck? I'm like, oh, good. They've, they've made it clear that they're interested. And, uh, you know, the problem is at 1130 at night, at 12 o'clock at night, after dancing for a while, I'm ready to go to bed. I don't want to have like a two hour play date that goes until one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. It's just not my thing. And that's when most play happens on a cruise. So if you want... That's when most play happens. Period. All the time. We're trying to flip that, but I don't know that we're going to ever be successful. Oh, well, it just takes (laughs) one, right? I just have to ask for what I want when I want. That's my takeaway, right? We just have to have dinner at like four o'clock with the senior citizens. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Uh, then it could still be after dinner, you know. Or or the, the happy hour, right? You have right. like a little nosh, a little snack, you play, and then you have dinner. I, I, yeah, this I like is that. what I like best. Yeah. But to make that happen, because people aren't expecting to play at four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, you have to be really direct about what you want. So... We started the day. We're kind of on the hunt that day. Who are we going to zero in on? And this couple was at like a big hot tub and we were sitting there for a while and we actually went away and then decided to see if they were still there. So we went back to the Wait a minute. Tub. This is the next day? Oh, no. The day that they asked if we want to fuck on the... Yes. Um, that, was, that was the day before. Okay. Yeah, that was the day before. So this is the next day after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw them near the hot tub and did the approach. And we're like, hey, what are you guys up to? And they said we were going to go get some dinner. I was like, or if you're not super hungry, do you want to go play for a while and then get dinner? 
And they were clearly like taken wow. aback, like pull-ax. <laughs> Wait, what? Play at four o'clock, five o'clock? And I'm like, yeah, that's when I want to play. And they're like, okay, okay. We're um just going to uh, change and shower real quick and we'll meet you wherever you want to meet. I'm like, this is our room number. You can come find us. We'll be in there. If it doesn't happen, no big deal. But that's where we're going to be. So they went away for a while and we went back to the room and we kind of, you know, played around with each other for a while because we're just sitting around waiting. And uh, at one point I thought they were going to no show because it seemed like it was taking them a while. A long time. Yeah. But I think they were just like, Needed to get into that mindset of, right. of play and because they're so used to doing it later, they right. they weren't ready, right? And you right. know what it takes to get ready for a play date, and then maybe they were you know thinking in those terms like they needed to get ready. Yes, yeah. So it it all worked out very well, and they knocked on the door and came into the room. And first off, they were super impressed that we had the room decorated for play, right? right? We had red light bulbs. We had little twinkle lights in places that actually you had brought for us. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah. It's a really good thing to pack on a trip. And in fact, if you want lots of tips on what to pack for a trip, check out our bonus content, the ultimate packing list. But in any event, the room was beautifully decorated for play. And we had like our a playlist going and, uh, you know, they're, they're millennials. So we're like, why do we play? They're going to think all our music is old and boring. I don't know. Let's play Billie Eilish. That's a good choice. It, it was super an, sexy. It was sexy. It was, and yeah. you know, she's like relevant. Gen, yeah. She's Gen Z. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, we're the cool old folks. We know about Billie Eilish. <laughs> so they came into the room and we're all kind of sitting on the bed and they're like, okay, are you ready to talk about? boundaries and rules. And I was like, oh, oh. shit, I'm really turned on now. You're <laughs> all about that. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, yes, let's talk about boundaries and rules. I'm totally down with that. And so they kind of shared how they like to play, what they don't like, areas of their body that they don't like to be touched. And like, you know, sometimes they get a little anxious when this happened. It started to feel a little bit like a therapy session, but I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm, I would much rather know absolutely what people like, what they don't like, where to avoid so that you're not having that fumbly conversation in the middle of place. So like, good on them. <laughs> A plus students in swinging. And uh, then they look at us and they're like, okay, so what are your rules? And we kind of look at each other and we're like, well, I have rules. <laughs> I, I mean, we're in the same room together. So right. like, I'll tell you if you're but like, we don't have any rules right now. We're, we're cool with whatever you are cool with. And then they said, we really like to get started with each other and kind of get each other warmed up before we switch partners. I was like, you know what? That's fucking brilliant. Because if it's the first time playing with someone, those first couple of minutes can be really awkward and fumbly and If you are one of those people that need to be sort of touched and stimulated before you really get turned on, your own partner is way better at tapping into those little erotic. Yeah, they're going to know what just what to do. Yeah. So this is where the reverse seer comes into play. Oh, okay. I was wondering when we were going to get to that. Yeah. So. I started off with Mr. Ams. We're kissing each other. He's kissing my neck. He's stroking up my back, which I love. And at one point he's going down on me and 
we're looking at the other couple and they're super into each other and really getting each other worked up, but it feels comfortable. That's great. Yeah. And it was a, it was a great way to kind of build up not just the sensuality of it, but also the comfort level Mm -hmm. of the experience. And we looked over at the other couple and she said, are you guys ready to switch? We're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's swap. (laughs) And uh, so I went over to him. She went over to Mr. Ams and uh, the, the overall experience was lovely and easy because we're already turned on. We're already like ready to play with the other person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've got the central music playing and all the regular stuff happens, right? I go down on him. He goes down on me. I tell him my one rule, which is don't come on my face. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, here's another great thing about playing with someone in their 20s. They basically come on command. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, our, our older gentlemen who I love, who are sexy and mature and sophisticated, but like after a while, it takes a little time to, to come for most of them. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. But like after I've come two, three, four times, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, you're done. I'm still looking for the best way to say to a partner, I'm done. Are you going to come or not? (laughs) (laughs) How to make that. That's a really, that's a really good idea. We need to come up with something for that. Because I've been in that situation where I want to tell them it's okay. Right. You can come. I've, I've, I've gone three times now. Exactly. So, exactly. And I'm starting to get tired. So <laughs> Netflix is calling me, please. I start, <laughs> I start amping up the, the dirty talk, but you know, there's going to be a, something else. I, so I don't amp up the dirty talk. I amp up the hand job, but then my arm starts getting tired. <laughs> so I do, I need a phrase that is not, that won't hurt feelings or hurt ego. But this young buck was ready to come as soon as I was like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, we had had sex. You know, I had him. I was super directive because I was turned on. I wanted to come. So I was very much, I wasn't dirty talking to him, but I was like, I want you to come behind me and then I'm going to use my toy on my clit or I want to put you in my mouth. And then I'm going to, you know, I was just- Were you the director? I was like the headmistress. Uh, and it was fun. All of it was super fun. And it was, it was cool to be with like a very pliable lover. Like I just tell him what to do and he'd do what I asked him to do, which was great. But, uh, you know, at the end, he really wanted to like come on my breasts and I'm like, cool, that's fine. All I have to do is lie here and look sexy. I'm excellent at that. That requires no effort whatsoever. Awesome. So that, that took all of one minute, a minute and a half, like it's super, super fast, Boom. which is great because I was ready to like, hit the buffet or whatever we were doing next. Um, but the downside to such a young, enthusiastic lover is that the cum goes everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. So it hits me in the face. Oh. <laughs> like, like right, like across my mouth. And I'm, That's you know, a hard rule. <laughs> it is a hard rule. But you know what? I took it in stride. It wasn't on purpose. You didn't do it on purpose. It was like, it was like a little puppy holding a fire hose. And... <laughs> It just went everywhere. Um, But that's fine. I'm like, it's cool, dude. We're good. I'm just going to like walk to the bathroom, super cool, and not be grossed out, but to come on my face. And, you know, wiped Mm -hmm. it off. We kissed and and talked about how great it was because it was fun. It was really, really fun. But uh, yeah, I 
I'm going to maybe have to get like a shield or something the next time I play with a 20 something just to, just to make sure you like a tarp, (laughs) but it was awesome. We had a great time and I loved that model of playing with Mr. Ams first and then playing together like that parallel play. We had not done that in a really long time. And that kind of became our MO for the rest of the cruise. We would invite someone to play and say, we'll be in our room and you just knock on the door whenever you're ready. And so by the time they got there, we were like ready to fuck anything. So is this what you mean by the reverse seer? Yes. (laughs) Because I thought you're I was wondering when you were going to get back to that. Yeah. So, so starting with your own partner, letting that, that tension, that sexuality slowly build and then switching over to the other side and having like super frantic, <laughs> you know, searing, searing, yes, <laughs> getting seared. <laughs> Just worked exceptionally well awesome. for stakes too, I've heard. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, that was that was one of a few play dates that we had on the cruise. I'll save the others for another time. But it was it was hot. It that was super hot. It was a nice slow build to a frenetic, you know, oh. and and just like searing the steak on the oven, you get like popped in the face. So <laughs> that happened, too. <laughs> but it was good. It was a great time. That's awesome. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk all about pole dancing. We're back. Kat, what is pole dancing? Well, Ams, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Pole dancing is a combination of dance, acrobatics, sensual movements, all centered on a pole. Right. And before we chose pole dancing as a topic, what did you know about it? Uh, Well, I knew that they did it a lot in the bars and strip Strip clubs. clubs. Yeah. I mean, I I knew, though, that it had become more mainstream. Sure. That people were learning it at, you know, the local. Like dance studios. Yeah, like the local dance studio. Um, And so I I had known that. And I wanted to do it for a long time. Yeah. But, you know, we're busy. Yeah. Kids, a podcast. Yeah. It, it It just seems like there's never the time. So I know that you've been to strip clubs. In Mm -hmm. fact, we've gone to a strip club together. So when you've seen dancers on the pole, what what have you thought about it in the past? I thought I want to do that. You thought, yeah. Yeah, not not professionally, not in front of people. Right. Maybe, maybe few people. Right. Like like (laughs) Mr. Cab or something like that. But I I think it's beautiful. I mean, I think some of the dancers just really are incredible. They, and the strength and they're pulling themselves up these poles and then they're spinning and, and moving their bodies in ways that I can't even imagine. Yeah. The flexibility is incredible. Yeah. And of course they're stripping, but <laughs> that part just didn't seem to be the major part of it, Focus. at least in the beginning. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, every time we go to desire, right, there's that pole mm-hmm. in the middle of the dance floor. And sometimes a woman will get on it. And every once in a while, uh, there's a woman who really knows what she's doing. And I'm like, damn it, I need to take those classes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I guess I had seen, I had not been to a strip club before we went to the sort of high end 
gentlemen's club. And I would agree with you. What what we were seeing there was very athletic. The women were beautiful. And there was a certain amount of, ooh, I I would love to move my body in that way. Not for someone else, but for myself. Mm -hmm. And is there a way to explore that without... I don't know, being a stripper, because <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, well, but, there is. Well, sure. Right. There's the fitness classes. Right. Um, it's become very mainstream. Yeah, for sure. But I think what I'd seen it depicted in movies and mm-hmm. television and stuff, it just seemed so raunchy and exploitative. The Sopranos. Yeah, for sure. Or people. That always comes to my mind when I think about Pole strip dancing. clubs and pole dancing. Yeah. I don't or, know why. Or some dad saying, I did a good job because it kept her off the pole. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, That's how many right. times have you heard that in television or, yep. or movies or just people randomly saying, you know, I'm a good dad. I kept her off the pole. Right. So, you know, I found it very difficult to separate the act of pole dancing from the male gaze, right? <laughs> the, the idea that it is something that men pay to watch and that women are on, on some level, like because they don't have a better option because it's the best way to, to make money. And actually maybe that's the way they want to make their money. It They're certainly good can at that. Be. They yeah. feel talented at that. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has their thing that, yeah. they, that they do well. And so if you do that really well and you want to do it, yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, and I, I do think, and we'll go, you know, more into this, but I do think the whole mainstream movement around pole arts beyond what's in a gentleman's club is very much a women driven yes. movement. And it, for some people, it's definitely still about sensuality and tapping into eroticism. But for a lot of people, it is about fitness. It's about athleticism. It's about competition. So it can be a lot of different things to do. Yeah. And people. there's a combination between like, an art form and telling a story mm-hmm. and bringing your sensuality into that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about the history of pole dancing. Well, pole dancing actually originated in the 12th century in India. Wow. Yeah. And it migrated to the U.S. in the traveling circuses. Right. Like the hoochie dancers. <laughs> exactly. Nice. They were on the outside, you know, trying to entice people to come into the circus. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was really in the 1980s that it became part of strip clubs and and that scene. Right. And then now it's it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess in the 80s it was this like combination of burlesque that mm-hmm. you would have in the 50s and 60s in gentlemen's club and then you throw a pole in there and turn it into you've got that focus right. of the dancing. Yeah, so that's when it really became popular in the popular. <laughs> you know, we were all going to, to, to the strip club to see the pole. No, that's when it became sort of part of our culture here. Right. But mostly in bars and strip clubs. Yeah. But lately, I mean, in the last, you know, 20 years, even I would say since in the 2000s. Yeah. It was like the the middle of the naughty oddies yeah. is when people started to explore it pole. as an art form. Yeah. And a fitness routine. Yeah. We both watched a documentary that was released on Netflix last year mm-hmm. called Strip Down, Rise Up. Yep. I think. Yep. A major focus of that documentary was on a group called The S Factor. 
which was founded by uh, Sheila Kelly, who's an actress. And it came from a, definitely a place of female empowerment, of helping women get in touch with their own eroticism and removing men and masculine energy from mm-hmm. that equation. Um, yeah, she really talked about, you know, just loving your body just the way it is, mm-hmm. about uh, not worrying about what anybody else thinks, you know, taking control of your sexuality, bringing it back to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was it was fascinating. And, you know, we'll go a little bit into the who, like, who is this for? But what I loved about S-Factor and about what they were showing in the documentary is it can be for anybody. Mm-hmm. There were women in their 50s and 60s. There were all fitness levels. Yeah. There, there were people of different body types, body shapes, fitness level, right. people who could, you know, former gymnasts, but also people who couldn't hold their own body weight on the pole to start, um, who were all getting something out of it. Right. And you saw them go through this progression where they became stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. And then they they cared more about what their bodies could do than the way that they looked. They looked. Yeah. I I liked it. Do yeah. you think it was creepy at all? Um, maybe a little bit. <laughs> you know, I thought it was uh, I thought it was very therapeutic for those women. And I yeah. can see where if you had some trauma, yeah, which yeah, yeah. so many of us do, yeah, you could find that therapeutic part of it. She actually did though therapy. I mean, they were actually talking about the issues that they had and letting go and, you know, cry if you need to. Don't stop yourself from crying. It's all good here. So that was really therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. And and they went into the fact that while the instructors are not therapists, they actually brought a therapist in to talk with the instructors saying, look, you're going to trigger a lot of shit in people. And this is how you should deal with it. Like, tell them to get help. But this is you can acknowledge make sure they're in a good place, make sure you're not leaving someone sort of broken and exposed and then not helping them make it through. So I thought that was fascinating. I could see, and I think maybe this was the documentarian, right? I could see where if you're looking at it from the outside, looking in, it almost seems like this intense level yeah, of like catharsis and, and almost not making fun of these women, but like showing them at their most vulnerable without without always providing the context of it, which I didn't love. Right. And if they're actually in therapy, which I believe all you of thought them, it was I, I thought all yeah. of their stories, I mean, it was real. Yeah, sure. But at the same time, when you're going through that, do you really want to be filmed? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, they, they worked through the whole process. Yeah. And it was, I mean, at the end, I got teary eyed. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I I got, I got the feels for that. I mean, that that was, that was big, but I did think about, you know, wow, they're exposing a lot of themselves, not just to their group, which is a big deal anyway, but to the world. Yeah. Netflix is big. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and there was one woman who dropped out and she was basically like, I don't want my 12 year old son to see this. And, and good for her. I, I what she get wanted. it. That's not where she was at. That's not what she was. At. She was looking for a pole dancing class. <laughs> she wanted to conquer a new fitness thing, mm-hmm. which I think is fine. Like the other thing that, that I learned through the documentary is while it started from this place of erotic female movement, that's like what S factor is about. Out of that grew this huge industry uh, that 
you know, focuses on fitness, on recreation, and on competition. Oh, there's competitions all over the world. Yeah. And they're amazing. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I, I still am just in awe of that flexibility. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I The part that I'm interested to explore when we get to the sexy homework is how do you do it without getting like, like friction burns on your skin? Mm-hmm. Well, the pole spins, spins. on yeah. a, a smaller pole that's inside. Yeah. So I used to think that wow, they must have to grease themselves up to, to <laughs> right, spin around right, the pole. Right, right, right. I'm not knowing anything about it. But then when we went to Desire and I got to see the pole up close and I got to touch it, uh, I, I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, it spins on ball bearings. Yeah. But even still, you're whole, you've got it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're uh, often not holding with their grip. They're holding with, with their, their thighs. Yep. They're holding with their the sides of their body. And you actually have to wear less clothing right. in order to grip the pole. Right. That's important. Right. Right. Yeah. I am. Um, I have a Facebook friend from college um, who does competitive pole dancing. And she is a great example of how this can be for anyone. She's, she's my age and she's, um, you know, probably a little bit overweight, but she has so much body love and she posts, you know, she's really into the competitions. She's really into the tricks and, uh, it's very inspiring to see, you know, somebody who does not look like a Barbie doll getting up there and loving their body and making their body move in all of these beautiful, strong ways. I've really admired seeing what she puts out there. And this was a while back, this was over a decade ago that she started posting this stuff. And that requires a lot of upper body strength. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes. And balance. Mm-hmm. So Flexibility. that, that, it's not something that she came to quickly and easily. No. No, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, I would say, some negative judgments around the pole fitness classes without knowing anything about them, right? This is mm-hmm. just judgment based on ignorance. Um, that it was something that bored housewives would do to keep it tight and to keep their guy from like fucking the babysitter, right? <laughs> Keep, you know, how do I keep it? There are easier ways to keep it tight. Yeah, well, that's you know? true. Because I think, I think when we do this, we're going to get beat up. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to have bruises and yeah, burns it's, and yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I think, um, the other thing, you know, that we learned is for some people, it is a lot about sensuality. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, it is just about Fitness. fitness and strength mm-hmm. and flexibility um in the same way that you might approach yoga or you might approach you know any other fitness regime that what you're getting out of it is not necessarily tapping into your sensuality but i have to say that is the part that i'm most interested in exploring because mm-hmm. i do lots of different fitness stuff right but you know if you watch the competitions yeah most of them have some degree of that sensuality, that flow of movement. I mean, you can't help but just look at them and, and be awed by their, just their beauty and the movement. Right. It's incredible. Right. Although it's a lot like modern dance or ballet. Sure. It's not, I don't think it's, a lot of it is not meant to be erotic. And I guess there are competitions, different groups, categories mm-hmm. within the competition. So some of it is like the erotic dance focus. And some of it is more storytelling, is more, um, you know, focused on the the dance without being particularly 
erotic. The focus the is art, not on the, the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, like you said, you pretty much have to be mostly naked just to do it. Right. Just right. like you have to be in a, you know, a swimsuit to, to swim. You kind of have to be in more or less a bikini to, to dance on the pole. So yeah, interesting stuff. In an effort to learn more about pole arts, we had an opportunity to talk with one of the most inspiring women I have ever met. Can you tell us more about Greta Pontarelli? Greta is amazing. She started pole dancing when she was 65. Jesus. And she looks amazing. I know. She's, now she's 72. Mm-hmm. And she's beautiful. We got to mm-hmm. see her while we were interviewing her. Mm-hmm. And she has won 11 world championships. Mm. Yes. Her body is incredible. Yes. But her message, I think, is really one that we all need to hear. And it's just, you know, love your body no matter what it is, no matter how it looks, it, it doesn't matter. You can do this. Because when she started, uh, she said that she had been athletic all her life, but she had never done anything like this. And she was doing it every day. I mean, she really jumped in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I think Miss Greta has a bit of an obsessive personality. <laughs> but Maybe just a little. It, you know, that's what it takes to to be really great at anything is, is a level of focus and discipline that she definitely has. So let's talk to Greta. with us today, Greta Pontarelli. Welcome, Greta. Thank you so much for having me on here. So tell us a little bit about you and how you came to be a pole dancer. Well, I started when I was 59. Both of my sisters told me that they came down with osteopenia, which is the beginning of osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. And they're both younger than I am. So I thought, okay, I'm in pretty good shape, but I really have um, enough weight-bearing exercise. So I went on the internet and I looked and I said, what can I do to offset osteoporosis? And they said, you have to lift your body or lift weights. And I went to YouTube and I found these videos of these amazing artists on the pole. They were so graceful and elegant. And I thought, this is what I want to do. Well, that is absolutely you. That describes you perfectly. You are graceful. (laughs) That's my aspiration. But they absolutely took me to another plane when I saw that because it was it was beautiful. It was artistic. It was strong. It was flexible. It encompassed everything that I knew that I wanted to become. So, Greta, you are an amazing inspiration. I mean, talk about life goals. you're 71, is that right? That's correct. And and a multi-time pole dancing champion, aerial arts champion, masters um, level. Does that make you unusual in the competitive pole dancing space? It does. I would say the average pole artist is probably probably in the 30s, but there are a lot now in the 40s and 50s, and then there's 
you know, some in the master's division. So it's a bit of an anomaly, but uh, it's becoming a little more common as some of them are getting older. Hmm. You know, it, it takes so much strength and flexibility to be a pole dancer. Were you already in pretty good shape when you started? I was in decent shape, but I had lost a lot of flexibility because I started losing the cartilage in my hips mm-hmm. from being in gymnastics when I was very young on basketball courts and cement floors. And the flexibility kept decreasing as my body created bone stirs. And by the time I was, I believe I was about 68, I had both of them replaced. Uh, I was always pretty strong, but Paul, I had to take it to another level. Wow. Did you just say you had two hip replacements? Yes. Wow. I know. And, and you, how, how long did it incredible. take you to get back on the pole, to get back to your art? Well, I had a fabulous physician, and I had both of them done the same year, but they were a few months apart. The last one, I I finished all my precautions that for six weeks, they don't want you to do certain things like go past 90 degrees. And they ended in December, and in February, I won another world championship in Italy. So I got back oh. pretty quick. Wow. <laughs> Oh so gosh. I I just want to set the record straight. You are an 11 time world pole art pole sports masters champion. 11 times, That's all correct. after the age of 60. Yes. Wow. Amazing. So what do you do to prepare for these competitions? How do you get ready for these? Oh, it's a process, but it always starts. It always starts with the story. I always want to do something that is inspiring to people. Uh, people have gone through so much in their lives and I want to do something to uplift them and help them realize that they can go after their dreams and they shouldn't let age or limitation keep them from going there. So that's the archetype. And so I always work around that archetype and I say, what can I do to tell that archetype in a fresh new way? Like one time it's the phoenix rising out of the ashes. Another mm-hmm. time it's a chrysalis that becomes a butterfly. And every time that I had a, a different story, but it basically had the same core news that it represented. So that's the first thing I do. And I work on developing the character. How would the character move on the pole? And it's always a little different. What would the character wear? What kind of music would frame that? And then I do a video. And the video is a backdrop for it. Like, what scene would this be in? Like, it's like a mini four-minute screenplay so that's kind of setting up the artistic part and the moves um, I kind of just play around with the moves and try to make them a little different give them new shapes maybe try a few new things Uh, but the storyline and bringing that story to life is uh, paramount that's the most important thing to me Wow. You truly are an artist. Yeah. We've seen your videos and you are just incredible. You definitely are an inspiration. In my dreams. (laughs) When I perform, I feel, sometimes I feel electricity in my brains. I feel so connected to the audience and I felt like I really gave a piece of myself. But when I watch the videos, I think, oh. I could do so much better. (laughs) You are beautiful and amazing. (laughs) When I was up there, I was really thinking about just connecting with the story and bringing the story to life. I I wasn't thinking so much about, I don't want to get trick-oriented. 
Mm. I don't want it to be about the tricks. I want it to be about leaving a piece of my heart on the stage. Mm. Well, since we've got you blushing anyway already, Greta, can we talk a little bit about sex and sexuality and how it might come into play with pole arts? Is that okay? Can we go into that space? You know, that's fun because one thing about pole, there's something for everybody. Yeah. There's the Russian exotic, which is phenomenal and very beautiful. You've got the people that look at it strictly and more acrobatically. Some people, it's fitness. Yeah. Some people, it's more of an art form. And there's many different kinds of directions you can go with it. And there's many different kinds of body types. So, yes, that's a component of it. Sure. So, for you, is the pole arts strictly about telling your story, about participating in the competition? Or has it impacted your sexuality at all? Well, I would say it, I wasn't directly looking for it to impact my sexuality, but I think that's one of the benefits because I noticed when I started training on the pole, I felt more confident. You have it's more effervescent. You have, you feel more graceful and it brings out your femininity. And so all of that is part, I think of, of, of being sensual and finding the, like being a little sassy sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and going deep inside yourself and realizing that at some point in your life, maybe for some people it's after they have babies, whatever, they kind of mitigate that. They suppress their femininity. Okay, I have my babies, I'm older, I've gained weight, I'm not sexy anymore. And then suddenly you get on the pole and you start caring a little bit more about carrying yourself a certain way, the way you look. And so I think that the woman, the femininity comes into play and all that's a part of it. And and you do find men more attracted to you because being in shape and having a passionate energy is definitely has its level of seduction to it. It's, right? It's sexy, of course. Absolutely. It's sexy, yes. So we know that aerial arts is an athletic, artistic sport but its origins kind of come from that strip club, you know, strippers kind of thing. What was the reaction of like your family and friends when you told them you were going to be pole dancing? I think because they knew that my background was gymnastics and I did martial arts. I, I think they knew I was doing it for the acrobatic form because actually pole dancing is actually 800 years old and it started by the Indians, the Indian wrestlers who used it. And I formed to get his shape and the acrobatics were a strong component. And then in the eighties, it started putting its way into the stripper club, but that's way where most people see it. Right. That's what's the, that's the exposure. And so it's our challenge today to let people say, yes, there's something for everybody. That's a piece of it, but there's so much more, particularly when you see all these programs throughout the world, particularly in Russia with these younger girls are doing amazing things. You want to dispel that image because they're nine years old. Right. And oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to say, this is a nine-year-old who is doing acrobatics on a pole the same as she would do it on, the say, the uneven parallel bars. So that's something that we have worked on to, to cast that net broader so people see that it can be many things to many people. That's so interesting. Did you always know when you started that you would probably compete or perform publicly? I never thought I was going to compete. In fact, 
the first class I had, I left and I thought, the teacher probably is going to think I'll never be back. Mm. Because it wasn't easy for me. So I never thought about competing. What motivated me to compete is when I was on American Ninja Warrior. And I was on it twice. And when it aired on TV from Venice Beach, it said, and the oldest person to ever attempt the course. And it was me. And I thought, where is everybody else? And so from that moment, I thought, okay, I need to use the stage as a platform to display my message. You know, it was a way of doing something on the, eventually on the world stage that I could hopefully in some small ways touch the lives of a lot of people. So that's what motivated me. But I will say this. I look when I go to perform at these competitions, I call them championships mm-hmm. because I own the competitions in the mirror. Sure. So I don't see myself competing with many of them are my dear friends. It's a lot of camaraderie in the pole industry. I see that as I want to share my story and if they some people are moved by it, then I have done what I came to do and my heart is full. I love that. Yeah. Greta, your story is so inspiring. Have you found that more women who are over the age of 40 or 50 are embracing pole arts and and competition? Do you find uh, that that community is growing? That community is growing uh, because I think they see older people do it. Because when I did something for Elle magazine and they put it on Facebook, it immediately blew up. Now I think it has 24 million hits. But it was people sharing. There were 200 and some thousand people that shared it. And they said, if she can do it, we can do it. She's 30 years older than we are. Let's hit the gym or let's run tonight or let's whatever. I think it's a beautiful thing because I want them to say, if this old lady can do it, we can do it. <laughs> so I believe that they, they, I think the benchmark has risen and now people are saying, wait, I put the ceiling on what I thought I was going to do at this age. And all of a sudden they just blew through the glass ceiling and say, I can keep going the rest of my life. I mean, I hope that I could do this my whole life regardless of how long I live. I, I pray that I can keep doing it and I'm very careful not to do crazy things that I get injuries and I know I've got to be careful not to overtrain and to rest and take really good care of myself. But I can't imagine my life without doing something that really is so fulfilling on so many levels. Mm. Wow. Do you think that anyone could could do pole dancing that wanted to do it? I believe anybody could do pole dancing at some level. Mm-hmm. Some people are never going to be acrobatic or super flexible because that's just not the way their body is formed. But you can always use it as a form of fitness. Mm-hmm. So do you have to be in great shape to get started? You don't have to be in great shape to get started on pole, but it will get you in great shape if you if you persevere. Because first of all, when you're on pole, generally you have short shorts on and a crop top because your body needs to stick to the pole. Mm-hmm. If you have too much fabric on, you're going to slip. And so you see yourself. In short shorts, which I never wore before I did pole, 
at least not when I was older, I didn't. And you think, okay, <laughs> I need to get his legs in shape. <laughs> or I need to go home and do something. You it kind of motivates. You can't hide under baggy clothes. Sure, sure. So it's kind of out there. And, and of course, when you work out and you train in it, getting in shape is a fringe benefit. I didn't get do this to get in shape, except to strengthen my bones. I did it because I really love the artistry. That's the main thing that really kept me going. And for me, getting in shape was kind of a, a fringe benefit. Hmm. Do you have any special advice for our listeners that might want to take up pole dancing? I believe that if it's in your heart that you want to do something that is inspiring and empowering and gets you in shape and embraces your femininity, pole dancing is perfect because, like I said, there's something for everybody. For those who want to do something with uh, the art form, you can take fabric and dance with the fabric while you're doing spins on the pole. It becomes very lyrical and very beautiful. If you want to do something acrobatic, you can do that. If you want it just for fitness, you can find a way to use the pole to strengthen your muscle groups. Some people put like different kinds of straps onto the pole, like bungees and things, and they do things that develop their muscles and develop their flexibility. So the sky's the limit. I say do it. If you want to do it, don't hold yourself back. Go after your dreams and let your reach exceed your grasp. Well, that is just universally fantastic advice. Thank you so much. You are Greta. so wonderful. What a great time. I know. Time. I want to have so like drinks with Greta and then go to a pole dancing class. I like that sounds great. amazing. It is good. It's great. And you find that the people that are in Shillip really, um, they really eat healthy. Mm-hmm. They take really good care of themselves. And you tend to not want to overeat when you train because sure. when you go on that pole, sitting with a full stomach doesn't feel so good. So you tend not to eat much before you get there. And then when you're done, when you work out, you have all these endorphins in your body and you don't feel like eating because a lot of people eat out of, out of armor or loneliness or boredom. And when you're living your dream, you know, you fill that void, void with, with your dreams and your dreams start coming to life. So, uh, I, I recommend that you both go do a try class. Uh, I think we definitely yeah, will. Yeah, oh, I for found, sure. I found <laughs> that. I, I quickly got very addicted to it. And the, the thing that was so beautiful to me is that I could do it at my age. Where gymnastics, I remember being 22 years old and going into a gymnastics studio, and they told me I couldn't train. My insurance would not cover me because I was too old. Wow. Mm. <laughs> you I was done, which for me was almost 15 years ago, almost half a century ago. And yet I can still do pole at my age. And that's the beauty of it. So many things at my age you can't do because of the limitations of your body. Uh, it's very hard to tumble at my age. Sure. But, but the pole uh, has a lot of flexibility. You can do so much with it. And um, even if you take it up as a hobby, yeah. yeah, yeah, you will find that it really is life enhancing. Uh, whichever way you want to, whichever whatever you want to do with it, you can do with it. Whether you say, "Okay, I just want to get in shape," 
or I want to explore the Russian exotic, or I want to be a trickster. <laughs> you will find your path, and uh, that path will lead to your dreams. Wow. Well, this has just been amazing. Thank you so much for talking to us today. I absolutely love connecting with people. I love people sharing their stories with me. Greta, if our listeners want to learn more about you or find you in social media, where can they find you? My handle is Ariel Zen, A-E-R-I-A-L-Z-E-N. And on Facebook, it's my name, Greta Pontarelli, which is G-R-E-T-A-P-O-N-T-A-R-E-L-L-I. And uh, that's the same as my website. And this Greta Pontarelli is on YouTube, too. So I would love to see a video when you take that pole flat. Oh, <laughs> we've been challenged. Uh, yes, challenge I think, accepted. I think that we're going to have to do that. That's you know. awesome. I would love to see it. I would love to see it, really. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Greta. Thank it's been so a much. pleasure. You were amazing. I think you, I think you were together in another lifetime. You look so much alike. <laughs> you are so sweet. <laughs> thank you for reaching out. Stay in touch, please. We will. We will. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Greta. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. She's awesome. Amazing. I, I, She is who I want to be when I grow up. I want to look like that. And she's still doing it. Yeah. Oh, and I have to say, shout out to Jennifer Lopez, who in, in researching the pole dancing episode, I watched Hustlers, which I do not recommend as a movie. But there is a scene in, in early in the movie where Jennifer Lopez does this amazing pole dance. And she's... 50, right? Mm-hmm. And oh my God, she's gorgeous. And what she can do with her body is incredible. Phenomenal. <laughs> so I, you know, don't, I think you can get uh, Hustlers on Hulu if you happen to have a subscription. I don't recommend paying money to see this movie, <laughs> but that scene is worth viewing. You know, and fun fact, mm. Carrie Ann Inabe. Who's Kariana Nabe? She is one of the judges on Dancing with the Stars. Oh. She's a dancer. Mm-hmm. And she's our age. Um, but back in the day, she was in Madonna's big show. And she ah. danced on the pole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was the pole girl. She's known as the pole girl. She's known as the pole yeah, girl. you can look it up. Nice. But, yeah, I thought that was kind of a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Most people know what Dancing with the Stars is. I know. I, I'm I'm really good at certain pop culture references, but I do not like reality television or competition television, unless it's baking. <laughs> I know all the baking competitions, but I do not know Dancing with the Stars. And I don't know The Bachelor, and I don't know The Bachelorette. Well, The Bachelor is a whole different story. But this right. is like, you know, they, they go through a lot of work to put out these dances. It's pretty it's pretty cool to see it. I've seen a few routines and some of them are absolutely amazing. But I guess what I don't like about the premise of the show is that at least part of it is like making fun of certain celebrities who move awkwardly. And I, I don't know. It just seems like a freak show hmm. a, a little bit, right? I think it, 
goes into the dances and stuff. But at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's rough at the beginning because they're just learning. But they always find something good to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel bad when they get like a four. Yeah. It, you know, there's so many great, like, written dramas and television and comedies and stuff. I just tend to to focus on um, scripted stuff. I like it better. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> You can you can do the reality television yep. references, and I will nod and say yes, uh huh, just like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you can like what you like. That's I'd okay. Like, yeah, yes. watching Nat Geo the other day it was really good. Um, in any event, sexy homework time. Oh. So, so what are we gonna do? I'm I'm gonna take pole dancing class. Yeah, so you you mentioned that right before we started recording. So so tell yeah. me more. So I actually signed up. I'm on the waiting list, wow. which tells you right there that it has gotten popular. Yeah, especially now that we're not as worried about COVID and right. people are doing more things. Are lifted. I think you know they're probably full. So yeah. I'm on the waiting list. Yeah, but I'm really really excited. Nice, yeah. nice. So I think we should host a pole dancing party. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So when you're there, ask them about their party plans and uh, we can get a few ladies together to do pole dancing. I think that would be really fun, sort of, because I, again, from that documentary, I really liked the sort of sorority feeling Mm -hmm. that was happening in some of these classes where women were supporting other women and and just telling each other how beautiful they were. I want to see if we can tap into some of that energy. I think that's great. I think that's a good idea. I will do that. Okay. Awesome. I I also found out that a neighbor of mine had a pole installed in her house. That's so unfair. Well, I want a pole. You know her. We can go knock on the door and, uh, and check out. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe after a couple of classes, you know, if we learn some good moves. Yeah, you can. Yeah. No, because you're going to take classes too. Probably. Right. At some point you could, I'll take classes from you. You can show me what to do. All right. Okay. Yeah. There we go. We got some fun, sexy homework. The guys are going to be disappointed because we have no use for them in this episode. Yeah, that's true. It's all right. We'll come up with something else to do with them. (laughs) Okay. Until then. So that's our show. Thanks for swinging by. And don't forget, you deserve great sex. Now go get some. If you love the Two Hot Wives podcast, be sure to subscribe. And if you really love the show, rate us or give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening. Because I don't want to have sex on a blow-up mattress. I just don't want to. And I sound like a snob. And I get that. I get that I sound You're like a snob, a snob. But I would rather go to a party that had one play space that was a real bed and that's have an a orgy. Play. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's I would not rather a house have, party. Okay, so here's it here's the thing. I would rather have an orgy on a real bed than fuck one person on a blow up mattress. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>